Praise God. Let's take our Bibles this morning, please. Turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28 this morning. Uh, it's fitting uh, that on this 65th anniversary of the first service uh, of Long Hill Baptist Church that we come to the end of Matthew's gospel. Uh, the last several verses deal with the Great Commission. Uh, the Great Commission, the Lord's command to go uh, and to teach the gospel and to baptize the new believers and then to just keep on teaching them, right, church, to disciple uh, new believers. Uh, this, of course, we understand from Scripture, this is the work of who? who? Who is that commission given to, church? That's a clue. It, it's given to churches uh, like ours. And, of course, that work necessarily involves the planting of new churches. Uh, we, of course, uh, praise God today that uh, back in the 1950s, there was a church down in Bridgeport, Bridgeport Baptist Temple. It's not there anymore, but a couple of churches that they planted are still here. Of course, we're one of them. Uh, in March of 1957, uh, Carolyn, some good people at the Bridgeport Baptist Temple, including your parents, uh, voted to establish a work here in Trumbull. And then just a month later, they weren't messing around, just a month later they had their first service, uh, April, and, and that's the anniversary of that first service that we uh, celebrate today. Uh, and um, it was a little bit later that year, I think it was January of 57, they formally organized the church. Uh, and then in the spring and summer of 67, they built... Uh, this building. Now, from 57 to 67, how long is that church? That's 10 years. That's 10 years. They built the parsonage first, said, hey, we, we take care of a pastor. That, that'll be a priority. We can meet anywhere. And they did. They met in churches. Uh, forgive me. They met in schools uh, all around town here. Remember, the church is not the building. Amen. Raise your hand if you're the church. Okay. Amen. Uh, the assembly. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the church. But uh, for 10 years, uh, those first members, Carolyn, including your parents, they, they scrimped and they saved and uh, they saved their pennies until they could build this building. Uh, I've joked many times, and you, you've probably heard me say, uh, the church and I were built the same year and the building is holding up better than I am. Amen. So well, praise God for this building. Uh, Vitaly, uh, anytime you need to do work like drill down through the floor or anything, you know that they built this thing to last, right? Uh, they, they weren't joking around. So, uh, brother, we thank you for all of your work here, Andrew, especially you and, and, and Andrew Vitelli. Uh, thank you so much for the work that you've invested here. I, I know lots of people are, are giving many hours to the church, but we're very grateful for the work that's been done here recently in the foyer, and we're almost done. Uh, we're getting there, and we, we praise God for that. Um, if you saw some of the pictures here earlier, we had pictures in a slideshow that, that showed the construction of the church. And I think some of those pictures, Ed, we, we looked at, they were helpful, I think, along the way in trying to figure out certain things around here, right? So thankfully, we have those pictures. We didn't really have great uh, detailed plans, but some of the pictures were helpful. And are you thankful for your church? Church? <laughs> yeah, amen. Uh, we're grateful this morning for the Lord. Um, having placed people in Bridgeport that understood that, hey, churches are called to plant churches. We, we exist uh, because of that. I'm grateful that the Lord has sustained this assembly uh, for these 65 years. It's extraordinary. It's, it's miraculous. Uh, I'm grateful for each and every one of you. 
Uh, are you grateful for each other? Amen. Good to have some visitors with us as well this morning. Uh, we are grateful for you. What I want to do this morning is look here in Matthew 28 uh, at the Great Commission. Uh, the Lord's command uh, to reach the lost, that churches uh, reach the lost with the gospel, that they baptize uh, new believers into uh, churches. That requires that there be churches, uh, and that churches be in the business of teaching, discipling, uh, encouraging not only knowledge, but obedience to the Lord, discipling uh, new believers. Uh, if you would, if you're able to stand, let's, let's stand together this morning if you're able to. I want to just read uh, several verses here, the last several verses uh, in Matthew 28. Let's, let's actually pick it up here in verse 16. Uh, that's where we left off last Sunday. Verse 16 says this, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, this is just, of course, at, just after the resurrection, uh, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them, and when they saw him, I believe we saw this last week, they what? What did they do, church? They worshipped him. They bowed down and, and worshipped him, but some doubted. We know that. Uh, verse 18, Jesus came and spake unto them, uh, his first assembly, saying, All power, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. On the basis of his power, his authority, he gave a command in verse 19. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm preaching instead of reading. Just read, Pastor. Verse 19, Jesus says, Go ye, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Here's wonderful promise, church. Jesus says, lo, I am with you always, always, even unto the end of the world. Would you agree with the Lord? That's a good place for an amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning. Thank you this morning for our church. Thank you for establishing it and for sustaining it. Lord, thank you for each and every person that you brought into this assembly over the years and thank you for each one who's able to be here today. Lord, I thank you this morning for the great purpose, this great commission uh, that you've given to your assemblies, your churches, such as Long Hill Baptist Church. Lord, you've given us tremendous purpose. And I thank you for that this morning. I pray, Lord, that we get a hold of it anew this morning as we, we just review these few verses, and Lord, that we would um, recommit ourselves uh, to carrying out this work to which you have called us, for which you've enabled us. Father, help us this morning uh, to understand, to take up your command, to be excited about it, to be excited about the privilege uh, to serve you as individuals and as uh, this assembly, your church. Lord, help me now. I need that. I thank you for it. I pray for it. Ask that you work here now in, in these next few minutes. Lord, I love you. I thank you. Uh, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, you may be seated. 
I want to thank uh, those that put so much effort into the things that we've seen and heard already this morning. Zach, Samantha, thank you uh, for that song. That was a blessing. Amen. I was thinking, as Samantha, you forgive me, but as, as you were playing the offertory, I was thinking, if she keeps playing like that, we're going to have to promote her. Amen? I just appreciate it. That's all I'm saying. Thank you. Appreciate you both very much. And, and guys, appreciate your music, too. It's good to have a second guitarist up here. And I know over time we're going to be hearing more from the second guitarist, Lord willing. And I uh, appreciate, appreciate everybody who's serving today. I shouldn't signal out anyone. Everybody's serving, and thank you for that so much. Uh, I want to preach a message this morning titled uh, The Four Alls of the Great Commission. The Four Alls of the Great Commission. Brother Ed, I thought, you know, I must have found something here this morning that no other preacher has ever seen before. There's, there's three alls and another word that kind of is an all. So I thought, boy, that's something. I'm special. And, and I thought, let me Google that. And of course, it's been preached many times, but not by me. Amen. Uh, not by me. And uh, the fact that it's been preached many times doesn't make it any less important. Amen. Church, amen. God's word's been preached many times, uh, and, and they're still important. Uh, number one this morning, do take some notes. Uh, the Lord commanded his assembly with all power authority. Uh, get that down, please. Number one, the Lord commanded his assembly with all power authority. Uh, look there in verse 18 again, please. Jesus came uh, and spake unto them. Would you read the, the second half of the verse aloud with me? He said, all power is given unto me uh, in heaven and in earth. Now, uh, is given by whom? Is, isn't he Christ, God the Son? Uh, isn't he omnipotent? Isn't he all power? Of course he is. Uh, Rich, we understand that the Lord submitted to a voluntary sort of hierarchy of authority as he submitted to the Father's plan to come and live and minister and then to die on the cross for us and for our sins and, and to be risen again. And uh, I think probably uh, the, the idea here is that he, is while he has the same power and authority as the Father, uh, he, he gives this commission now uh, in concert with uh, the Father. Uh, the Father is in no way in opposition to this. He's, he's remained yielded to the Father, but uh, this is the Father's plan for uh, Christ to exercise this authority uh, to give this command. He has been, he has, he's given, and he possesses great authority to command uh, his people. I'm going to stop there. Look up here. I'll ask you a question real fast. Does the Lord Jesus Christ have authority to command you as his church? He has that authority, right? <clears throat> Marilyn, I've said many times recently, whether we recognize that or not, that's true. Uh, he has power. That's the, ver the word here. Uh, the underlying word could be translated power or authority. It really has the sense of uh, an authority, an authoritative power or a powerful authority. Christ is God the Son. He's the creator of all things. As such, <clears throat> he has a perfect all power. He has all power, all that he needs, and more to command <clears throat> his assemblies as he sees fit. Uh, look, look here uh, at the first element of what he has commanded. What is the first word of verse 19? Uh, what is the first word? Say it with me, please. Go. That's it. it. It's go, right? The Lord uh, is meeting with his first assembly there, the disciples, 
Uh, that, that's his first assembly. By the way, I do think he was the pastor of that first assembly. Uh, they, had every, they had a great preacher, didn't they? They had the Lord as their pastor. And, uh, he had given them everything they needed to be that first church. Uh, he gave them um, the um, baptism. He gave them church discipline, gave them uh, his words. He, he taught them. He discipled them. Now he's, he's giving them this, this commission for that assembly uh, and for uh, assemblies that follow, including ours. He's meeting with them kind of off away, uh, set apart from where others are. And so if they're going to reach people with the gospel message, the message of the death and the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the message that if people would repent and place their faith in, in, in the Christ of Scripture, they could be forgiven from sin and not experience the consequence of sin in a very real hell. If they're going to get that message uh, to the people that still needed to hear it, they were going to have to get up and... And go. That just makes sense, right? Brother Art, that remains true today, right? Uh, sometimes people that don't yet know Christ come into churches and hear the gospel and, and simply put their faith in Christ. That's wonderful. And, and certainly that's God's plan. If that's you today, that would be the Lord's desire. Uh, that would be his intention. But uh, the Lord also calls us to go out beyond these walls uh, and reach people wherever they are with this message. He says, go, uh, and then what's the next word? Would you, we'll take it a word at a time, church. We better not go faster than that. Uh, we better go a lot faster than that, but what's the next word? Ye, who is that? Raise your hand if that's you. If, if you've been here long, you, you know that's us, right? It's all of us church members, uh, members of that assembly to whom he was speaking and uh, to this assembly uh, for whom his words have been preserved. He says, go ye, grammatically, it's all of them, literally, grammatically. Nobody in that assembly on that day was going to be off the hook. He's saying, all of ya, uh, all, all ya all need to get up and go uh, and do, well, go to whom I tell you to go and do that which I tell you to do. So he says, go ye, therefore, therefore refers to, back to, what's the antecedent of that? Well, the fact that he has all power to command them. He says, I have all power uh, of all authority to command you. Uh, so go, th therefore, go ye. On that basis, I command you to get up, all, all of you, all y'all, and, and go. And what's, what's that next word there? And the T word there. What is the T word, church? <clears throat> teach. Uh, teach what? Teach shows up twice. There's a teach before baptism, and there's a teach after baptism. Well, what comes before baptism, church? What, what will come? Salvation come first, right? Uh, hearing the gospel message and uh, receiving it and, and responding to it. <clears throat> By the way, everybody who hears the gospel message responds to it. Amen? Everybody who's ever heard the message has responded to it. You either respond by saying, yep, I know the Lord's knocking on my heart. That's true. He's, given, he's convicted me of my sin, and he's, he's given me faith that I can place back upon Christ and be saved. Or you say what? Nuh-uh, I'm not doing that. You kind of dig in your heels against the Lord and his offer of salvation and forgiveness and, 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 and fellowship. Everybody either says yes 
and, and responds with faith or no uh, and says, nuh-uh, not, not going to do it. Everybody responds. Uh, that's out of my control. That's out of your control. Uh, but uh, praise God, we're, we're not responsible for the response. We're just responsible for obeying what the Lord says. He says, go. Who, who's going to go? Ye, y'all, uh, and, and, and teach in uh, teach is, is the gospel. Teach the gospel. Tell people who Jesus is. Tell people who the Jesus of the Bible is. Tell people what he did. Teach them. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't know until we're taught, right? You, you didn't know how to read until you were taught. You didn't know how to do basic arithmetic until you were taught. You don't know that you're a sinner and you're on your way to hell until you're taught that. You don't know that God has an answer for that, a solution, uh, which was hard for, for Christ, but easy for us until you're taught, right? So uh, he says, go ye therefore uh, and teach. Evidently, it's teach people the gospel. Uh, please, if you would please, <laughs> please, if you would please, take this next phrase, this next statement as number two uh, in your list of alls this morning. The Lord commanded his assembly to teach. Who did he command them to teach? What does it say? Say all nations, all nations. Would you, would you just get that down quickly as number two this morning? The Lord commanded that first assembly, and by extension, this assembly, he commanded that they all get up and go uh, and because he has authority to command them, uh, and that they all be in the business of teaching, evidently, the gospel. Uh, and to whom does he command that this gospel be taught to? All nations. By the way, I love those little voices. Praise God. Little voices in the church. That's a blessing on our 65th anniversary. Praise God for little voices in the assembly this morning. Uh, praise God. He says, go get up and get going. All, all you all. <laughs> teach, teach the gospel uh, to all nations. Now, the word under, underlying nations has the idea of, Brother Ray, it has the idea, you know this, of, of people groups. It isn't necessarily saying um, all political bound, people of all political boundaries. It doesn't mean every country necessarily. Uh, what it really has the literal idea of is, is people groups uh, wherever they are. Uh, get this, please. The Lord is very concerned that nobody be left out. Amen. He's very concerned that nobody be left out. He says uh, every member of the assembly uh, has responsibility given by Christ who has authority to command every member uh, to go and reach every person uh, everywhere, no matter who they are, no matter what they look like, no matter uh, where they live, the Lord has an interest in every single person everywhere having the opportunity to hear the gospel and to respond to the gospel, either by receiving Christ, ideally, that's God's will, or by rejecting it. That's out of our control, but, but it, uh, it's entirely within our control to say whether or not what? I'm willing to do that. Jesus gave a command. The Great Commission is a command, right? We can obey it or we can... It's a choice, right? Uh, God gives us that choice. God gave us a choice whether or not to respond in, in faith to Christ. God gives his church members a, a choice uh, whether or not they, they will go and do this. Uh, the, 
the Lord commanded his assembly, everyone, to go and, and to teach all nations. Why do you suppose that the Lord had to make it clear that it was all peoples everywhere? All people groups, nobody is left out. He, he, why, why did he have to just explicitly, expressly, very, he could have just said, hey, get up and, and go uh, and teach the gospel. Why did the Holy Spirit add these words? Uh, why is that? Why, why do you suppose they had to be commanded to reach all people groups uh, and, and we do too? Why do you suppose, church? Marilyn, I think it's because we're naturally naturally inclined to not go to everyone everywhere. Uh, we're naturally inclined to go where it's easy to go, where the people look like me and talk like me and act like me, have the same, uh, we have common backgrounds, common experiences. That's relatively easy. Uh, but where things are different, where the culture is different, where neighborhoods may be a, a little bit different, where people may look a little bit different, is, is that easy or is that more challenging? That's more challenging. Uh, that's more challenging. Uh, sometimes racism comes into the equation. By the way, I'm going to say this and, and hear it and write it down. Racism is a sin. Yeah. Write that down, please. Pastor Hammond said racism uh, is a sin. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ understood that there was a natural tendency uh, for these Jewish men to whom he was talking to, these first members of his church, they're going to be naturally disinclined to go to those icky Gentiles. By the way, I'm an icky Gentile, right? So I could say that. Uh, he understood that, that that would not be comfortable for them. They, 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 uh, the Jews tended to look down. The, we understand that. This, this idea of racism has not been invented yesterday or the last hundred years or, or the last two. It's, it, it's, it's been a thing for a time. Uh, the, the, the devil certainly desires to divide people any way that he can. Uh, and racism seems to just be part of the sin nature that, uh, that, that we're dealing with today. That, that's sin. Uh, that's sin. By the way, you understand... Uh, I hope, that, would you do this for me? Would you turn to Acts chapter 17? I wasn't going to have you turn there, but, but go there, please. Uh, Acts chapter 17. We're going we're to keep moving here quickly after that. But if you would go to Acts chapter 17. Uh, this is where Paul is on uh, one of his missionary journeys, and he's addressing the men of Athens at Mars Hill. Remember, they had all those altars and uh, all gods that they were worshiping there, and they, they had the altar to the unknown god. Uh, Acts 17, verse 24, Paul begins addressing them. And he, said, he talks to them about, verse 24, Acts 17, 24, uh, the God that made the world and all things therein. Do you know that God, church? Uh, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, uh, neither is worshipped with men's hands, uh, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all, there's another all, life uh, and breath in all, there's another all, things. Verse 26, and hath made, would you read this phrase with me, please? And hath made of one blood all nations of men. You understand that all men are made of one blood? People look differently for different historical reasons, different genetic reasons. 
Uh, you know, we could spend time on the biology of that, but the Bible specifically teaches that all people are one blood. That's the Bible. That's what the Bible actually says. And uh, to look down on somebody because they look differently, uh, that's sin. That'd be sin no matter what, on what basis you were looking down on someone else. Uh, but it would just be based on, on, on the fallacies that are, that are man-made. Uh, the, the concept of race, not even biblical. The Bible says of one blood, God has made all nations of men. Uh, and yet we understand that there are social differences, there, there are cultural differences that have risen up in different geographies over time uh, that, that people want to divide over, but, but don't matter that much to the Lord. The Lord understands that we'll look down on people based on any, anything that uh, the heart may choose to focus on. And so he says, no, you're going to church members, you're going to reach all nations, all people. You're not going to exclude anyone who you think maybe you could exclude because they're a little bit different than you somehow, some way. Isn't that good to know? Isn't that good to understand? Uh, every church is called to reach all people no matter what. Uh, by the way, I've, I've told people, and I don't want to belabor this point. I have belabored it too much already. I've told people in other churches that I am delighted and thrilled as a pastor that when I stand here at this pulpit, I'm able to look around and see people from a variety of different backgrounds. It's not that common in churches today, but, but you know, uh, even in a smaller church like ours, we have people from a variety of different backgrounds. And some people said, you don't have much in common, do you? Well, some of us don't maybe have much in common in our background, but uh, we do have the Lord Jesus Christ in common. And brother, that's all that matters. Brother Garcia, that's all that matters. We have the Lord Jesus Christ in common, and we, uh, we, we seek to be unified around him and his words and, and, and not allow the devil or the world and the trends of the day to, to separate us or divide us. Uh, we understand we're, we're one blood. We've been called into one assembly, uh, one body, this church, to, to unite around Christ and his words and to carry out this commission, and it is a great one. Uh, we have great purpose, and we're just going to refuse as a church to let things divide us uh, that should not. And we praise God for that. We'll divide on doctrine, but nothing else. Amen. We'll divide on, on truth, but, but nothing else. Jesus says uh, you need to get, everybody needs to get up and be willing to go and, and teach uh, all nations. Uh, that's number two. We understand they're teaching the gospel. Uh, look, look here uh, in verse 19 again. He says, go everyone, uh, teach everyone, all nations. Evidently, those who receive the teaching and place their faith in Christ, simple, humble, repentant faith, he says, you need to be baptizing them. Do you see it there with me? He says, teach, teach all nations. What are the next two words? Baptizing them. Who's them? Well, evidently, it's the people of the all nations who've been taught the gospel uh, and who accepted it, who said, yep, that's true. I know that's true. And so I'll place my faith in this Christ of the Bible uh, who came and who died for me and who was buried and, and who rose again on the third day, proving who he is and that the gospel is true. He says, you need to be baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son 
uh, and the Holy Ghost. I don't have time today, this morning, uh, to teach a whole uh, lesson about baptizing, but we understand uh, the word literally means immerse. We understand that, so we baptize by immersion. Uh, We understand it comes after you're taught the gospel and, and receive Christ. Uh, Jesus gave it in this order, and so we take care to maintain the same order. We go to people, we teach them the gospel. If they receive the gospel, uh, we baptize them. And, of course, baptism, when it's done biblically by immersion, it's a picture of your faith in, in Christ who went to the cross and as you go into the water, your faith in Christ who was buried, come up out of the water, your faith in Christ uh, who was raised again on the third day. It's a wonderful visual testimony uh, of our faith in Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, can't go there this morning, but in Acts 2, we see that scripture associates baptism with church membership. So there does seem to be this uh, idea in scripture that Baptism is not only a public testimony of your salvation, but that it places you into the assembly that then biblically makes you a a member of the assembly. So we take care to follow the order and to attach all of the significance to it that the Lord does uh, throughout scripture. After all, we're a Baptist church, amen? Are we still a Baptist church? Amen, we we still are. Uh, So it's... Uh, number one, this morning, Lord commanded assembly with all power. He has the authority. He's the unique possessor of that kind of authority. Uh, he commanded his assemblies, including this assembly, uh, to go and, and to reach all nations, teach them uh, the gospel, baptize the new believers into that same assembly uh, that reached them in the first place. Uh, and then what? Uh, just kind of let them flounder uh, after that? No, the Lord has a plan. He's got a plan for reaching people and uh, through churches and a plan to add those reached people into the membership of churches. Uh, and then a plan as that new believer becomes a new member of the church that reached them, the church will then continue to teach them uh, all that Jesus has said. Uh, look, look at verse 19 and 20 again. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And then something follows, more teaching. Uh, verse 20, teaching them, the, the reached, saved, baptized people. Jesus is speaking. He says, teach them to observe, what are the next two words? All things, <laughs> all, all things. Let's take that as number three this morning. Get that down quickly, please. The Lord commands his assemblies, churches like ours, uh, to teach all things, all the things that he has commanded. This is is discipleship. Uh, This is discipleship. He says, teaching them to observe all things, verse 20, uh, not just anything, not any doctrine, Uh, Not whatever new doctrine or strange doctrine is floating in the winds or comes along on the internet or uh, wherever one might encounter it. He says, no, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Uh, He's careful to clarify that what you teach needs to be what I've commanded you, what I've taught you. Now, if something has been commanded... The Lord's intention is that it would be what? What? 
done or obeyed, uh, accomplished, right? He says, teach uh, the, the, the reached people who've been baptized and added into your assembly. Uh, teach them that which I've commanded you. So, yep, teaching, uh, give them knowledge of, of what I have commanded. But if, if there's knowledge of what he's commanded, obviously uh, his intention is that you not just learn, but that we obey, right? And, and so discipleship, I, I think sometimes we lose sight of this, but pretty clearly biblical discipleship, teaching of the saved, baptized new believers uh, should be done with the goal of increasing knowledge of what Christ has commanded, but also encouraging obedience to uh, what Christ has commanded. Of course, as your pastor, that's my goal, that we understand the Bible. I'm a better teacher than preacher, probably, Brother Richard, but that, that's okay. We understand the Bible uh, in our church. And, of course, you know my heart is to uh, not just that we know it, but that we obey it, that we apply God's words in a practical way uh, as he leads us. And sometimes it seems like pastors beating us over the head in certain areas. That's not my heart. My heart, of course, is that we know what Christ has said, what, what he's commanded, what the, the totality of, of scripture is and what God desires such that we, we can take it up and, and obey it. Um, when we take up the Lord's words, his commands, and respond to it with obedience, what happens? What happens? Would you expect to be chastened by him or blessed by him? blessed by him amen and uh, he's pleased by that and uh, individuals are blessed by the Lord and churches are blessed by the Lord as we take up his words uh, and obey them uh, back in Deuteronomy 12 you could just listen uh, the Bible says uh, Lord says what things soever I commanded you observe to do it that's Deuteronomy 12 32 Lord says hey I've commanded you some things and if I've commanded you some things uh, you take care to observe to do them. By the way, is that how you get saved? Do you get saved by obeying the Ten Commandments and being a good person and serving God? Is that how you get forgiven? It's not, right? Not according to Scripture. The Bible says we're saved by grace through faith, not, not of works. Uh, no, but as people who have been reached and, and who have responded uh, and who have been baptized into the membership of a church and who have been called to receive learning and to obey it, uh, that is, in fact, what we're called to, to receive the words of God and to obey them. And Gary will spend the entire afternoon with you, if you'll allow him to, telling you how you can learn to obey the Lord. Amen? That's another message, but you'll, you'll spend as much time with anybody who wants to hear that, right? Uh, just yield yourself to the Lord. Say, Lord, here I am. You help me to obey you. And, and he does. He really does. Uh, Acts 2.42, I think, was one of the uh, verses that we put into the video presentation. By the way, wasn't it kind of our, our friends all over the world to send those greetings? I hope that was an encouragement. One of the verses we put uh, in, in the presentation, Acts 2.42, of course, Acts chapter 2, the second half of Acts 2 is a great way to study the business that churches are in, the things to which churches are called to be focused on. Bible says there they, the church members, continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread. That's probably communion, Lord's Supper, uh, and in prayers. 
uh, they continued steadfastly in the doctrine the Lord delivered through the apostles. To continue steadfastly in something is to what? It's to obey it, right? Uh, you're not continuing steadfastly in those things unless you're doing those things which the Lord taught through the apostles uh, or taught himself and, and, and was inscripturated for us. Yeah, we understand discipleship is, it's not just about learning the Bible, it's about learning to obey the Lord and uh, thereby pleasing him and inviting his blessings into uh, our lives. Uh, would you turn, and we're almost done this morning, would you turn uh, quickly to John chapter 14 and verse uh, 21. Just turn ahead several books. You're in Matthew. Hopefully I brought you back to Matthew. Turn over to John chapter 14 and verse 21. You might know this verse. John chapter 14 and verse 21. Here Jesus is he's speaking, uh, teaching. John 14, 21. By the way, what, what a privilege to be able to read the very words that Christ spoke. Isn't that incredible? John 14, verse 21. Jesus said, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, obeys them. He it is that what? Read the next two words with me. Loveth me. He that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. He says, he that hath my commandments. So, you know, you, you, you're taught the words of God and then keep them. You obey them. Jesus said, that's the person that I know loves me, loveth me. Jesus says, you need, you need to understand, if you say that you love me, you need, you, need to, you need to exercise that. You need to demonstrate. Remember, love is always a doing thing. Biblical love always involves doing uh, and so if we're going to biblically love the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to understand that uh, he's called us to the doing of what he has said, uh, of what he has commanded. Now come back to Matthew 28, please. Lord, help us to love you the way that you want to be loved. Come back to Matthew 28, uh, verses 19 and 20 again. Um, the question then becomes, how can I do it? I can see here the Lord has called all church members to, to get up and go and teach the gospel and to be in the business of baptizing and then to be in the business of teaching them all that Jesus has commanded and to obey that. But how in the world can we do that? We've talked a lot recently about how the Lord enables us. He empowers us as we yield him, as we say, yes, Lord, I don't know how I can do that apart from you. Uh, you know, going out and sharing the gospel is not my thing naturally. I'll not be able to do that apart from you, Lord. But uh, I know that you've, you've commanded me. You have authority to command me. And uh, if I say that I love you, I'm going to have to obey you because that's love in your eyes. How am I going to do that? Well, we need to understand we'll not find that ability in our own selves. We find it in the Lord and through him as we yield to him and allow him to work in us and through us. And I really believe that's what the Lord is saying in the second half of verse 20. Let's see that and we're done. He says, uh, and lo, I am with who? Now, grammatically, is that one person or is that everyone he's talking to? 
It's everyone he's talking to grammatically, them and us. He says, and lo, I am with you always, always. The Greek that underscores always is, is two words, and it begins with the same word that's translated all, the three previous alls, uh, and then a word that means days or times or ages or something like that. Uh, and lo, I am with you always, all the time, from here forward, uh, even unto the end of the world. I said before, it's a good place for an amen. Amen. So let it, truth, so, so let it be. Uh, Rich, I believe that promise is placed there in this context because the Lord wants us to understand not only does he have authority to command us, and not only has he commanded us very specifically to this, let's be honest, difficult business of reaching people and teaching them and baptizing them and discipling them, encouraging their obedience, he wants us to understand that the same one who's giving the authoritative command is the one who makes it possible. And he's not going anywhere. Amen? He's called us to go. And as we go, he goes with us and makes it possible for us to be in this business. What, is, what does Jesus' name, Emmanuel, mean? God with us. God with us. Uh, you remember in Hebrews 13, 5, he says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. This morning we understand that as his church, this church has assembled together for where two or three are gathered together in my name, Jesus said, there am I, he said, in the midst of them. Is he here in a special way in our midst this morning? He said he would be. Is he a God who keeps his promises? We have the unique privilege to worship him in his presence. We have the unique privilege, Brother Ray, to have been given great purpose by him, the one who has all power, authority. Great purpose, and we've been given the promise of his empowering presence to carry out this purpose that he's given us. Could anyone here this morning say, I just don't have much purpose? I just don't, can you say it? No. Do you have great purpose, church? Do you have great purpose? Do you have a great Savior, church? Amen. Do you have a Savior who's promised to be with you as you yield to him and carry out the work to which he has called us? You do. You do. He's the Jah Jehovah, God of everlasting strength that we saw in the last hour. He's the one that we've assembled uh, in the presence of this morning. He's the one who has authority to command us and who has graciously offered us great purpose, who has graciously saved us from the consequence of our sin and graciously offered us a great purpose purpose that he's given to Long Hill Baptist Church uh, for these 65 years. Has he sustained us all these years? On the basis of that past miraculous sustainment, uh, can you trust him to continue sustaining us? Can you? Lord, please sustain us. Help us be yielded to you. Help us to be about the business of the Great Commission, 
not in our strength, but in yours. Let's stop and pray, please. Father, we thank you, Lord, this morning uh, so very much for the cross, for the resurrection, and for a Savior who has seen fit to instruct us regarding the work to which we are called at this time. Lord, thank you so much for the, the work that you use to sustain us as individuals and families practically and, and financially. We know, Lord, that that's not the work that we're here to be focused on. It's, it's a means to an end. Lord, it's so that we can be about the business, the greater purpose, your purposes, the purpose given to churches. Lord, help us to keep our priorities in the right order. Lord, help us to keep you at the top of our list and the business to which you've called us uh, as church members at the top of our priority list. Lord, help us to be a people who are always looking for opportunities to share the gospel, knowing, Lord, that we don't have to uh, do that perfectly. We just have to be willing to share your words and to trust you to work through the power of thy words. Lord, perhaps this morning, uh, some of us are convicted that we really haven't been as focused on the Great Commission, this great business, this, this wonderful work to which you've called us. Perhaps, Father, uh, we, we do well to take a moment and, and say, Lord, search my heart. Show me uh, if I have been as focused upon this focus that you've given me as I should be. Lord, if not, Give me a heart this morning to agree with you, to confess, Lord, I've not been as focused on this purpose, this command that you've given. I confess that. And I ask you this morning, Lord, to help me reorder my priorities, to refocus my focus, and to look to you for strength to carry out the purpose that you have given I'll give you a moment to pray and we'll close. Father, thank you for your words, for their power. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your strength that's available to us as we yield to you. Thank you for the wonderful purpose that you give us as your assembly. Help us to stay focused, to stay committed to it. Lord, help us to be a people who share the gospel privately, corporately, uh, whenever you give us opportunity. Lord, help us to each find our place in the process of carrying out the Great Commission. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, look up here. Thanks so much for being here this morning. Uh, give a couple of instructions. Zach will come and lead us in a, in a closing song. So uh, we're going to head downstairs after service. Everybody's invited for a fellowship meal. Uh, looks good. Come and enjoy some good food and good fellowship. Uh, when we get downstairs, we'll take a seat, and um, we'll pray for the food downstairs. And, um, and just enjoy a good time together. I'll give you some more instructions when we get down there. 
and then around 1.30, we'll be back up here. We can hear the music playing. That'll be your signal. Hey, time to get back up for the 1.30 service. We'll, we'll enjoy a, a brief service at 1.30, and we'll be dismissed for the day. We'll not have a 6 o'clock service tonight. Uh, but look forward to fellowshipping with you downstairs and uh, enjoying food together. Zach, you come, and uh, you close us in prayer also, please. Thank you. All right, let's stand as we turn to 528. We'll sing the first and the last of 528 in the service of the king. I am happy in the service of the king. I am happy, oh so happy, I have peace and joy that nothing else can bring, in the service of the King, in the service of the King, every talent I will bring, I have peace and joy and blessing, in the service of the King, and the last I am happy, the service of the King. I am happy, oh so happy, all that I possess to him I'll gladly bring, in the service of the king, in the service of the king, every talent I will bring, I have peace and joy and blessing, in the service of the king. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all you've accomplished through our church, Lord, we pray you'd bless this fellowship to come in Jesus' name. Amen.